Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in a fun, we're hoping fun, and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. All that is good about this podcast is because of him, and I know what isn't uh, is because of me. And so thank you for your patience as we are beginning down this new venture of this podcast, Unleashed. Um, If you want to know more about the podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, I have the privilege of sitting next to uh, a good friend of mine and uh, laying all the cards on the table, my son-in-law. Uh, Ryan Samuels, and uh, he uh, is is part of our church, um, was attending for a while. We'll talk about that a little bit, but was attending for a while, but he is actually now on staff and uh, works in the area of uh, helping us with our weekend worship experience, sort of creativity, and we'll, we'll get into that a whole lot more in next week's episode. Uh, but this week's episode, we're, we're just going to get to know Ryan a little better. Ryan, thanks for being with us. No problem, no problem. It's a pleasure. It's an honor uh, to be here. Uh, I wasn't expecting it, but it is definitely a pleasure to be able to to hear what you have to say and just share a little bit about what I do and uh, how I came to faith, a little bit of me. Well, one of the questions I ask um, each, so far each of the guests, and so you're the fourth, mm-hmm. um, how did you get connected to Crosswinds? Yeah, so mine, I mean, it's a, it's a simple yet complicated story. Obviously, I, as your son-in-law, I knew way back when that you were a prospective, you know, that you were being a prospective pastor here. And so there's a lot of conversation between I guess, me a part of the family before you got here. I was just uh, dating Vanessa at the time. But fast forward a couple years as you did get hired on as the lead pastor, I got connected and did an internship here, actually, my sophomore summer of college. So I was doing the internship under Brian Soler, who at the time was the youth pastor. And uh, I did that for probably about a month and a half, staying with you guys as I think at the time I was engaged so staying with you guys uh, and just really learning under Brian's leadership. Uh, at that time, I still was kind of figuring out what would have been my best niche uh, after graduating. And so it was really good to learn under Brian. And But through that, just getting connected and getting uh, kind of plugged into the youth group specifically, that following, I think that actual following summer, Brian asked me if I could come and be a leader at NTS. And so... And that's the teen camp that they're a part of every summer. Yeah, that was the teen camp that they'd been a part of. And I had been to NTS a couple of times before that as a student, but also as like a security guard at one point. So this would have been my first time going as a leader. And it was funny, I was never... I wasn't actually here in Canandaigua at the time. I was still going to college and still living with my parents during the summer. So it was kind of funny that he asked me to come and be a leader at NTS camp, never the same camp uh, in Houghton, New York. So that was kind of my first, you know, that's how I got connected to Crosswinds. And obviously, you know, we, Vanessa and I got pregnant and we moved to- She got pregnant. She got pregnant. She got pregnant. I didn't get pregnant. I don't know. They sometimes- Yeah, I know. They say that. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's right. Um, So- I, you know, we ended up moving here in, uh, you know, late 2018 and, uh, you know, moved in with you guys and then just getting plugged in and, and just really hearing the mission vision of Crosswinds. Then 
an opportunity opened itself to be the creative arts director. And I applied and thankfully, God blessed me with this position. And so it's definitely been a learning curve as we've been doing it. It was a new position to Crosswinds itself. So yeah, that's, you know, the in-depth kind of quick story of how I got plugged into Crosswinds and as where I'm at now. So well, let's go, let's step back a bit and uh, share with me your story of how you came to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. So I grew up in not really a faith-based household. Um, so I knew of Christ. I knew who God was, but I didn't know God. Um, my mom's uh, dad was a Baptist preacher for the whole time I can remember. So the only experience we had with church was going to an Easter service, you know, once a year sometimes. You know, you miss a year, you go then once every two years. So I'd probably only been to church, church maybe, you know, five or six times by the time that I turned 18. And so with that, you know, I was fortunate enough to, during when I turned 18, my senior year. uh, Of high school? Of high school, yeah. My senior year of high school, I got connected with a group of friends. And in that group of friends just so happened to be Vanessa and uh, I remember the the way I got introduced to what church was actually like was Vanessa was actually speaking at youth that like upcoming Wednesday, and she just being a part of the friend group we were in asked me if I wanted to come to the youth group. And this was back in Michigan, right? This is back in Michigan, yeah, at, uh, yeah, in Battle Creek. And I was like, you know what? More so than not, I'm going to go because. Not at the time, I didn't want to know about Jesus, but I wanted to know more about Vanessa. So I, you know, I went there, but then, you know, I I quickly got connected to, there's a lot of guys there who are athletic, who played a lot of sports. They knew I played a lot of sports. I knew of them. They knew of me just because of the common, you know, we kind of went, most of us went to the same school. So, you know, they opened me there or they were, you know, open arms and they accepted me in and, you know. It was the classic, you know, I would go for a week or two, maybe take a week or two off, go for a week or two. And then, uh, you know, Vanessa was speaking with you on a Father's Day weekend. And she, that was the first time that anyone had ever invited me to a Sunday morning church service. And it was intimidating because, the, you know, I, I was like, yeah, sure, totally, I'll go. But I was at that point going for her. But the most intimidating part was she was speaking on stage, but it was with you. And that was kind of our first, you know, interaction. And at this point, there was nothing really happening but with her on my end. But, I, you know, I was more so nervous to go. But then, you know, just just through that, I think I started to realize that it was more so not about going there for her or for you or for whatever. It was more so, uh, you know, God was just tugging on heartstrings there. And uh, eventually, you know, fast forward a couple months, you know, Father's Day's in June, we ended up going to Never the Same Camp, so NTS Camp, coming full circle. And that was my first time at NTS Camp. And, you know, the whole thing, going there not as a Christian, it was a full church camp. That's what it was designed to do. That's what, you know, the content there was Christ-centered. And I remember going there with the full expectation of just going there to have some fun and coming home, you know. And at this point, I had already, you know, made plans in my life to go and be, as every student, as every football player says probably once, is I'm going to go be a professional football player. 
And I had a, a but a, you definitely had a college prospect. Yeah, I had a college prospect. I, I had a full ride scholarship to go play uh, football out of school, and you know that was dead set on that. That's where I was going, and going to never the same camp. Uh, quickly found. I think this is something that was unique. Now that I look back on it, is I felt that at NTS camp, probably about Wednesday, so it's a week long camp. We typically get there on a Monday, and we leave on a Friday. So halfway through that, I had been feeling you know, inclinations that maybe even at this point, not really fully accepting Christ in my life, that he was having something else in his mind for me to do. And of course, me as someone who was just coming out of, you know, being lost or whatever, I had no clue what that meant. To decipher that, I didn't know what to do. And so I felt that Wednesday that, you know, ultimately I felt that God was calling me to be one in a relationship with him full time, you know, but also being in accordance to that in full time ministry. I had no clue what that meant. I was 18, had no really relationship with Jesus up until that point. And I was like, the whole reason I'm going to this church was, or the whole reason I'm going to this church and going to this church camp was what it was in the beginning, which was to get to know more of Vanessa. But it quickly, God really quickly turned it on its head and said, no, 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 no. I have you here for a reason. Uh, and that reason is because I I feel like that I'm calling you to full time ministry, and so I he's had, calling you onto himself. Yeah, he's calling he's you. He's calling you into ministry. Yes. All this calling stuff's happening at once. All this stuff's happening as soon as I become a, like as soon as I commit and and commit my yes life to, to Jesus, Jesus for the, for the full <laughs> for full time. And and what do you mean by full time? So like, I think we've all kind of been in those modes. And I can't speak to, you know, someone who's been, I, I guess I can now, but at the beginning of my, you know, faith journey, it was like, oh yeah, I, I went to youth group for two weeks in a row. I went to church for two weeks in a row. And at this point, my parents were going to church. So I was the primary person taking myself to church. And you have a similar type story of not having parents at the beginning who were faith-based. So, you know, if I woke up on a Sunday morning and I was like, nope. Not feeling it today, um, I didn't go. Or and then that include our our youth group happened to meet that Sunday night. Didn't go to youth group. So, you know, I had I had toyed with, oh, this is what it feels like to be a believer full time. Um, but then I, I fully I, I understood what fully surrendering meant and fully accepting Christ into your life at that camp. And obviously they do. Never the Same Camp does a phenomenal job to create that atmosphere anyways, but it was at that moment that I realized this isn't a job. This isn't something that I can drop for a couple days and come back to or that or not what I should do, but it was something that I wanted to commit full-time, 100%, my life to Christ. And I happened that happened that Wednesday. And the funny thing about the whole thing that was we all look for that affirmation and stuff that we do. So, you know, I had sought after affirmation in football, you know, in sports and stuff like that. And so the scholarship for me was an affirmation like, okay, maybe this is where you're supposed to go. Well, at that point, feeling that I was called to full-time ministry, I was like, okay, well, where's the affirmation now? You know, uh, you might be telling me this, but I don't know how to decipher this. And so at the end of typical never the same camps, obviously it's a little different um, in this culture and this season we're in now, but typically at the end of every NTS camp, they do a foot washing ceremony, which is, 
you know, you and your little small group that you're in, you have the opportunity to either wash the feet as, G- as you know, Jesus did to his disciples, or you can, you know, someone may come up to you and ask you to uh, wash their feet. And at that time, our youth pastor's name was Nate, and Nate came up to me and asked if he could wash my feet, which I thought was, you know, whoa, this is weird. I really had no, I didn't have many encounters with Nate. We had a big youth group back then at, at that church. And so, Have you heard of foot washing before this? No. So this no, is weird, right? This I have no is, clue what this Like, yeah. how to say they, they, they tease like, hey, in scripture, they, they talked about this. But at this point, I was like, this is fully weird. People taking off their socks, taking their shoes off, and just, and that's how they set it up. There's a bunch of tables. You sit down, there's a bucket of water there. And you take your shoes and socks off and you just wash your feet and there's no soap. It's just water. So it was really, it was really weird to me. And Nate asked to wash my feet. And he's a student pastor. And he's a student pastor. And I was like, of course, as you know, yeah, of course. <laughs> what right? are you going to say? Right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, and no words were uttered this whole time except from Nate. And he said, which this is where I really, where the faith and my life really, I guess, connected 100%, which was nothing was said the whole time. But Nate looked at me and he said, you know, Ryan, it's been great to get to know you a little bit. And he said, I, I could see, I can see that there's something working, happening in your life. And I just want to share that. I feel like God's calling you to full-time ministry. <laughs> and I hadn't told anybody, I was this all inner stuff that I'm wrestling with, but I had been asking the whole, like from Wednesday to this Friday, like, all right, if you're calling me to full-time ministry, uh, yeah, I had needed, I need a sign, yeah. I guess. You know, that classic, like, give me a sign, God. And the only words that were uttered that whole time were, you know, Ryan, I feel like God is calling you to full-time ministry. And mind blown right at that moment because he didn't know what I was going through. Only I knew what I was going through. And God. And God. And, you know, God sent a full, a full answer and, you know— that happened uh, the beginning of July, and I had about a month to decide if I was going to uh, uh, forego the scholarship. Uh, and to, show up for, and, for training, right? Yeah, and show up. Yeah, and show up for, yeah. yeah, and or go and pursue a full-time, uh, full-time ministry. And so, you know, obviously you can run away as much as you want, but we all know that eventually he – you can't keep running away because he'll eventually – uh, you know, get you to where you need to be uh, if you're fully believing in him. And so that uh, about a month passed and I said, you know what? I don't know what it looks like, but I, I called the, my recruiter and I told him that I was going to uh, not take the offer and I was going to do something else with my life. And he was like, whoa, really? Because it was full time. It was full ride. And so, you know, that that whole week I stopped the scholarship, applied to a new school, Indiana Wesleyan University, got accepted to that school, and about two weeks after that, moved in. And and told your parents this. And told my parents this, and my whole family, because my whole family was also on board with me going, obviously, pro. And, and, they, saying, put, and they put money into it. Yeah, they put money into like, it. it was, like, you didn't just play sports. Yeah, I, I didn't play Yeah, I, I didn't mean, play sports. I mean, you did, but... But I mean, they put money into trainers, and mm-hmm. I had a I had a personal trainer, nutritionist for three years of my high school career. I didn't play for the high school. My, you played for another whole. Yeah, I played league, for a right? whole semi pro league that yeah. that senior year. So there was money that was poured into it from my parents. So this so, is a big deal. Yeah, this is a huge deal, and no one in my family besides my father or besides my grandfather 
is really faith-based. So to them, they were like, oh, you're throwing away, in their minds, they were saying you're throwing away multi-million You're throwing away your life. Yeah, you're throwing away your life. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. At the beginning, I was like, uh, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. I have no clue what this journey that God is sending me on. Um, but I can firmly say now, looking back on it, so that was 2013, so seven, eight years ago, fully saying that this is the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. And I wouldn't trade it for the world because God has just poured out his blessings because of, I think, the obedience. Now, obviously, there hasn't been 100% obedience. You're grown, like all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, as you say a lot, you know, I thank God I'm not who I used to be. Yes. But I think I, I praise him for who who you are, who I are, and who yeah. I am, and who I'm becoming. Yes, Amen. So that's that's the I guess the synopsis version. Your your your, your story is sort of unique in that in that you know one of the questions I always ask is talk about your introduction to spiritual disciplines and certainly you know NTS camp introduced you to some of that. You're hearing about this, but you're going like I went to college a little naive because I wasn't raised in a faith based home either. Yeah, but I had church. But you don't have much church, yeah, and you're no. showing up on campus as a uh, pastoral student. Yeah, yeah, a Christian ministries declared student. And so as you're learning how to train people into growing in Christ, you know, discipling mm-hmm. them, you're learning what it means yeah. to, to be discipled, right? Yeah, so one of the requirements at Indiana Wesleyan University is, you know, everyone takes a New Testament class. Well, my first introduction really to the New Testament was the New Testament class as a Christian, Christian ministries you know, person. And they do assume that most people yeah. will know these things. They they do assume that most people who are on the Christian ministries track maybe have more than two months of Christianity walk. You know, they just, just and, and that's not their fault. I would assume the same thing. <laughs> um, but no, so so yeah, to the, to that question, which is, you know, what did that introduction to basically everything look like? Is it, it was ever changing. Really at the beginning, it was I would go into class of New Testament and Old Testament class thinking one thing because of me being so new to the end of the class having the whole thing change because I was, you know, the whole the whole term of, you know, discovering your own faith, I was doing that while also pursuing ordination at the time. So it was crazy. You know, there was a lot of one time I would believe this and the other time I would be li- but believe this. And so it took probably a good... You know, a full, you know, semester, full year, not even semester, full year, maybe even year and a half to really fully grasp and understand what, you know, for lack of a better term, just an obedient Christian looked like. And, you know, there was ups and downs, obviously. There was thoughts, you know, because I was, I had, at this time, I had 18 years of experience being a non-Christian and about three months being a Christian. Yes. Two, three months. And so there was a lot of movement in that, a lot of changing stuff. So, yeah, that was, I learned all of that through just classes, pretty much, and going to church. And the interesting uh, perspective you have, and, and one of the things we'll, we'll talk about a little more in the next episode of, is, is the fact that, you know, uh, I, I like to use the word Christianese. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've been around church a while, you know, you know the lingo. Yeah. Um, when you're around church a while, you have a preconceived idea because of the way that you've done church. Mm-hmm. But this is the way we do it. We sing songs this way, mm-hmm. you know, on the weekend. This is the way. You didn't have any of that. No. And so you're you're coming to the scriptures with this with this 
um, with this raw new believer yeah. and, and, and processing and not having any of these really preconceived ideas of, of how discipleship has to look. Um, how, except for what the scriptures teach you. Yeah. Except, yeah. Except for what the scriptures teaching me and except for what, and, and what my professors are teaching me Yes, yes. at this point. And, you know, I, I'm thankful for their grace, for their understanding when I was be like, Hey, uh, I know you said you all know the story of David and Goliath. Well, I don't. Uh, so what is it? You know, where do I go and find this? Uh, because that, you know, that's, that's one of the, you know, Sunday school type stories. And, you know, you guys all know the story of the ark. I don't, you know, and that was, that was, that was real life at that point. I didn't know these stories that I guess had been shared throughout, you know, the foundations of, of scripture and stuff like that. And so it was all, it was all fresh and new in my mind. And you're right, the Christianese I don't try. I try not to do a lot of it now. Nowadays, it obviously it comes. It doesn't out, take long to learn it. Yeah, it doesn't take long to learn it. Be, but I do know that there was a couple of times in my early faith journey where people would do that. You know, we all know the story of David and Goliath, and I'd be like, I don't. We all don't. Yeah, we we all don't. And I want to make sure that's one of the the key things that I want to make sure that. If a lot of people, if there's at least one person that doesn't know that, I at least want to give a little bit of understanding as to what it is. And so, yeah, that Christianese whole thing, that was, I was learning a whole new language that first year, year and a half, understanding what's the right things to say, what are the wrong things to say. So, yeah, there was. And and I think that's that's a great caution, whether we're talking about pastors or just Christians in general in daily life. Um, we live in a culture where we can't assume people know the biblical stories. Yeah, you know when we use the word grace, we can't assume someone knows what grace means, even if they're in church, they yeah. may not know it, mm-hmm. right? And and so, you know, one of the things that you've brought to the table as we talk about services and just ministry in general here at the church, and it, is that fresh look at saying, you know, look, I was at a Bible college studying to be a pastor, and I didn't know some of this stuff. Yeah. Don't take for granted that the people who are sitting and listening to you or are experiencing these things know these things. Yeah. So take the yeah. time. If you're going to talk about David and Goliath, take some time and give a little bit of background. You yeah. don't have to tell the whole story, but enough where they're giving them context to what you're going to go to, or you're leaving them somewhere where they're... they're yeah. And even at that point, like, because the whole symbolism of, symbolism of David and, and Goliath is you have this giant in front of you, and you may seem so small... But understanding that putting on the armor of God is ultimately what's going to succeed and get you through this this giant that's in front of you. In my mind, I was just like, "Oh, it's a it's a kid and a big guy." Yes, that's all that was. I wasn't connecting the the actual the, the spiritual realities the spir- yeah. of what's happening. I'm trusting in God. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a, there's a game changer. Yeah, and so me, I was like, and so the, in the Ark story, you know. Like, well, why wouldn't people if get on a boat if they knew it was going to rain for forty days and forty nights? Why wouldn't they do that? You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. But understanding the principle and the understanding and the context. How of, lost the people yeah, were. Yeah, how lost the people were. You know, I had none of that. And so when they referenced those things, it was it was tough. Um, but thankfully, the grace overflowed from the professors to share that with me. Let, let me ask you this, because, you know, you talk about the grace flowing from the professors, that they were patient with you mm-hmm. and walked you through this. Um, you know, for the, I want to speak. So I just spoke to the believer out there, yeah. and I said, "Hey, look, you know, know that there are people out there who don't know the stories, and give context, and don't just 
use Christianese. Yeah. Explain the terms. Should we give up on a term like grace? Absolutely not. Right. But explain it. But, but encourage the person out there because one of the things you had to do in class was raise your hand yeah. and say, I don't know that story. And, and if there's a person listening to us right now who maybe is a part of Crosswinds or another church or whatever, um, maybe may a new believer, uh, they may not be a believer yet. Yeah. Uh, how would you encourage them to say, don't be left behind, take, take it, raise your, raise your hand. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. not during a message, but go up afterwards. And, yeah. you know. and I think that's a really good question because... I feel like at least I can I can speak to where I felt, which was when I went to that youth group or I was I was in sitting in that class around what I thought were super mature, in-depth Christians. When I was sitting in those moments, I was afraid to be vulnerable and be bold and say, I don't know what I what I think everybody else knows. And if you present it that way, you know, you feel like you're the only one. Yeah, I, and I feel like I'm the, and you'd feel like you're the only one. But something that I can speak to that and what I can share just as encouragement and, you know, is now that I know that Scripture speaks so much towards stepping out in faith and stepping out in boldness and stepping out in courage, you know, going back to David and Goliath, it took a lot of courage for David in boldness to, you know, Say, no, I'll fight him as his brother is ridiculing him and how as all these people are ridiculing him. And I would just say, you know, be bold. Um, I think God shows a ton of grace. Jesus shows a ton of grace in Scripture. And so to put the expectation on other believers and other professors or, you know, whoever is in front of you, an, an authority figure, and to put an expectation on them that they're going to show zero— I feel like it's unfair because of what Christ has called them to do. And so, and I had to get over that. I had to understand that when I bring up, hey, I don't know these things that, to be frank, you know, were shared in Sunday school. Um, I need a little bit of understanding for this to understand that in boldness and encourage that the whoever's in front of you that you're sharing this to is going to approach it with grace and love. Um, and that's not easy for all of us, especially, you know, maybe, you know, for me, I was in sports. So telling for sharing to a coach, like, Hey, I don't know this play. Well, I gave you the book. You should know this play. Um, you know, it was a little intimidating because that's how my walk had been up until that point. But I just had to come to the conclusion that if they're walking with Christ, that they're going to have love and grace and, Honestly, their goal is to make sure people know who About God these, is. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so that that's what I can share with you is they're they're one they they most likely probably want to do that. Um and if they don't, then find somebody else that find does. someone who will, right? Um, you probably don't want to be under their instruction yeah, or decide yeah. anyway. Well let me ask you this question, turning turning uh turning a little bit to, to sort of a different topic. Um, one of the questions that I've, I've enjoyed asking uh, since we started the podcast, and so you'll be the fourth individual I've asked this mm-hmm. question to, if you could have a spiritual conversation with anyone, living or dead, other than Jesus, because mm-hmm. although you didn't go to Sunday school, that's a Sunday school answer, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Other than Jesus, who would, you li- who would you like to chat with and why? Okay, so this, this is a really good question because I am... And we, I had talked about, I had talked about it a little bit before we started this, which was, how much Ryan do you want? <laughs> um, my life has, you know, I probably share a couple of things that are a little bit, you know, 
crazy, but this might be an, a unique answer, which is I prayed over this. I thought about this. I talked to some other people about this. I put two people down and you can help me decipher this because I don't know. So a person, there's a couple people in my life who have, I thought, have done some really good things and some really radical things. And so the pers- one of the person people that I put down was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, so obviously, if you don't know this, Kobe passed away a little over a year ago in February. and Tragically. Tragically. And I, for those of you who know me, uh, for those of you who don't, I'm a Kobe freak. I loved Kobe growing up. That was someone who I could, I remember me and my friends watching him. For some of you who don't play sports, he's a basketball player. A basketball player extraordinaire. Yeah. And he, you know, he is, he would, he's considered arguably, you can make arguments, but he would be on the Mount Rushmore of basketball players to some people. Um, but I remember watching many games, you know, probably hundreds up until this point games of Kobe Bryant. And I remember the the childhood stuff that he, you know, the Mimba, Mamba mentality, his, you know, his nickname was Black Mamba. And I remember so many things leading up to, you know, this moment where he passed and this tragic moment and he passed away with his daughter. And I, and for that, you know, I was devastated. And a lot of people was like, well, you didn't even know him. He was a celebrity. He was a basketball player. But to me, I truly was devastated because I, felt that a, a part of my childhood had died. And, and, and truth be told, um, I mean, his death rocked a lot of people's yeah. worlds, literally throughout the world. Yeah, throughout the world. He had and, that type of impact on people's lives. And, and it, was a, it was weird. Well, just, you know, it was a weird, it was an, such an unfortunate time, too, because he was traveling back from the game that LeBron James passed him in scoring as a Laker. So, like, there was this high of like remembering Kobe, remembering, you know, LeBron and what he's done and, you know, and then this tragic incident happened. And so the reason that I feel like I would want to talk to Kobe is because he was, his life as a basketball player was impactful. His life, I would say his life in the trenches doing the work was impactful, but most people would say that his life after basketball had so much more of an impact than his life during basketball. He leveraged what he got out of his career yeah. amazingly to help people. And he leveraged his platform and he used <clears throat> I don't know. I don't I don't know if he was a believer or not. You know, I'll just be frank. I That's don't know. That's part of that spiritual conversation. Right? Yeah. And you know, to sit down with with Kobe and and to be frank, his daughter Gianna with him and and just saying like, you know, one, what, how did you see your life being able to impact more people being away from TV, you know, just to be frank, than it was, you know, while on you're the court? on the court all the time? Because he was doing so many things, you know, he was, he was an Oscar winner producer for a short film, you know, not a lot of people know that, but that was something that he was, you know, he did and the, after his thing and he was he was set to do a lot of things you know and he wanted to do a lot of things for his community for you know kids in general for the sport of basketball and two just to sit down with Kobe and be like look what about Jesus you know did you what was your thought about him did you did you have a relationship with him did you ever how would you you know how would you 
in a sport that, for lack of a better term, seems so far away in some instances from who Christ is and the mentality of Christ, how would you, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, and all right, now I got to know. If Kobe was one of yours, who's your other one? So this one's an even more radical one. My other one is Kanye West. Oh, <laughs> Well, that's good. Um, that's good. I know Kanye is very is, is and so when I said radical, he is probably one of the most radical people who who professes faith in Christ most more recently than none. Yeah, absolutely. Who and I grew up with his music. That was someone who I listened to all the time in middle school and high school, good or not. Right. And I remember his 808 Heartbreak album, like all of these albums that came out that I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then listening to them now, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, and, and now he's, what, taking choirs around? And, now he, you and know, he, he started Sunday Service, yeah. and he, his last album that he released, well, the one that he just released is Donda, uh, but the one that he released was actually trending, was actually had the top five slots on the gospel arts uh, or the gospel charts uh, station on uh, Spotify. But, you know, music aside is just, I want, I, I don't know, 10 minutes I feel like in his mind would be 100 years plus in other people's minds because he's... he's You may never be able to get out, right? Yeah, you may never You'd be, be able trapped to get out. in 10 minutes in his mind, you'll never be able to leave. There's so much that he's like, I know that he's battling and he's dealing with, but also that he had he does... He is making the choice as someone who has this ginormous platform. Whether he's doing it what we think is right or not, there are moments where he is incur- he is making people search up, Lord, I need you. That's yeah. one of the songs in his newest album, Lord, I need you. And he's – whether or not – you know, we can, we can talk about it all day if he's doing it the right way or not the right way, but very similar to like – you know, let's just say Tim Tebow, who had this giant platform, even if he did it right or wrong, you know, when he was playing John 316, because he put it on his eye black, was one of the most searched verses. Well, here's the reality. It's easy to criticize from the stands. Yeah. It's the person on the court in the ring who's doing it, Mm -hmm. who who has to answer to the Lord and how they're doing things. But Mm -hmm. but I find it interesting. Most people who are on the front lines for Christ don't don't have time to criticize the techniques other people are doing. It's the people who typically aren't doing much who who like to criticize um, the way people are doing things in the kingdom. Well, let me let me ask you this one quick uh, sort of last question for at least this episode. Uh, In about a minute or so, answer is: What last words of advice would you give to the listeners? I would give uh, be bold, be super bold. I and I love that because when you're sharing your story about coming to Christ, giving up a football scholarship, full ride, basically what you said is I'm going to give up a, a full ride to college, become in debt to become a pastor. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get student loans and and try mm-hmm. to figure this thing out. And 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 so your testimony is one of boldness. Yeah, be bold. Um, understand that in. Christ, God doesn't guarantee that it's going to be all rainbow and butterflies, but he does want us to be bold in him and bold in our faith. And, and that joy he talks about comes then, through that boldness. Yeah, and he, but, he wants to, in him. but he wants us to live our life to the fullest. And the only way that's going to happen is, in, is being bold and courageous. And so that's the, my advice. Be bold. Go out and, and proclaim the gospel in whatever you do. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's whatever. We're all ministers somewhere. Whether you're in a church, a, a teacher, a school, or 
you know, hospital, whatever you're doing, be bold in faith, be bold in Christ. And that's what I would say. Well, you definitely want to join us next week as we continue this conversation with Ryan. Uh, and so come on, join us next week. Uh, remember, check out crosswinds.church. Uh, you can find out about the church. You can find out about the podcast. You can connect uh, to someone here on staff if you have questions. But for now, be blessed and bless others. Bless others.